coming hour is to discuss, to give you an update on what we have done so far uh, in our work on service delivery models. Yeah. Uh, we would like to go back with you a little bit to the analysis that we did of your model uh, working with chili farmers. And we would like to look ahead a little bit. Uh, we're going to organize a learning event, but we also are planning to set up a new innovation platform and we would like to share some of the first ideas with you. That's great. Uh, so let me start with explaining to you where we currently are in our work on service delivery models. So uh, we started this work three years ago, so then we developed this methodology to analyze the economic sustainability of service delivery models. At that time we looked at models in coffee and in cocoa and we looked at your model with chili farmers. In, um, in India. Um, after that, we did quite a number of additional analysis um, in, um, in cotton, but also in fruits and vegetables, in cassava. Uh, we're starting one in tea, we will do one in, in palm. But we also entered into a partnership with the Bill Melinda Gates Foundation, and we agreed with them to look into models where we thought in advance that these models were doing something very innovative or very, something very smart. So uh, at the end of this year, we will have analyzed uh, 30 different service delivery models um, in a number of uh, cash and staple crops um, in Africa, but also a couple in, in India. So in India, we looked at the model of Pratiba, uh, a vertical integrated uh, uh, mill, a cotton mill. And we looked at the model of uh, digital. Sorry? We looked at the model of Pratiba, which is a, a vertical uh, mill, cotton mill. And we looked at the model of digital green in India. Um, so, Iris, can you repeat uh, what are those two projects which you are doing in India? Yes, so of course. Are... Yes. So uh, one, the one model we analyzed in India is uh, with Pratiba, which is uh, a company in cotton. So they're sourcing cotton, but also um, producing cells. Uh, and the second one is an organization called Digital Green. And okay, they, Digital Green. Right. Yes, Digital Green. And what they did is they developed participatory videos, which yeah, are videos which they make on agronomy and other aspects. Yes, it needs. It needs. Yeah. So we cotton, which is the organization you work with. Can you spell? Yes, it's a Pratiba. You spell it, uh, 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 but I can also send it to you by email. I think that's easier. So, I will, uh, but you spell it a, a P of Peter R A T I B H A. But I can draw it to you by email. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but since we have done uh, almost thirty. Uh, analysis of those service delivery models, we gained quite some insights into uh, what are the most cost-efficient models, uh, what are the models that have biggest impact at farmer level. We got insights into how to best uh, finance uh, these service delivery models. And we looked um, in the new rounds of analysis, we also looked at the role of the enabling environment. Yeah. So what, what we would like to do with those insights is to create a new insights report, uh, which I would share later with you some of the sort of key insights and to ask you whether uh, you recognize these or whether those would be very new insights uh, for you would not, would not resonate to you. Yeah, sure. So that's sort of the, the bigger picture where we are. Uh, we're planning to um, work with more partners on actually improving and innovating their service delivery model. So for this purpose, we're setting up an innovation platform together with the Bill Melinda Gates Foundation and possibly with some other American uh, uh, donor organizations. And in this uh, innovation platform, we would like to uh, work with partners, for example, uh, on innovating the service package they're offering or on how to use uh, ICT solutions, either driving down costs or for to increase the effectiveness of the services. We would like to look at uh, how farmer segmentation can be used. Um, can, sorry, we missed this part. Sorry, can you please repeat? 
Yes, of course. So uh, in this innovation platform, we are keen to work with partners on how they can, for example, improve their service package or what they can do to increase the impact at farmers uh, or looking at how to best use uh, ICT solutions to drive down costs or to increase impact. And we will look with partners on uh, how to best finance a service delivery model so that in the end, service delivery model can become uh, self-sustainable. Yeah, yeah. So th this is sort of forward-looking what we're, what we're up to and we want to have this platform up and running from 2018. So in the meantime, we will be looking for partners that are actually very keen to invest and to innovate our service delivery model. Um, I know that it's already uh, a while ago that uh, we looked into the model that you have specifically for uh, chili farmers. But we have a few questions to you on, on um, what happens uh, since then. Um, so maybe let me start with the first question. Um, how, how are things going? So I know that you're having a lot of a broad range of activities working with smallholders, but if you look specifically at what you're doing with chili farmers, uh, have there been any changes made since then? Because I think you were then also looking into new um, technologies. Did, that, did anything new happen since we worked with you? I think that was already back in, uh, in 2015. Huh. Actually, after 2015, I think the final version of the model was uh, presented in 2016 and um, if you ask me that the basic two approaches highlighted in the model were focus farmer as a business partner and uh, focus on integrated production system where it was highlighted that uh, resource optimization and improving the farmer income on a sustainable basis, I think, uh, and also look at uh, better asset utilization and uh, supplementary farmer income, and uh, with efficient use of whatever resources at the farmer uh, uh, command. Those things are being further focused at our end. To also one issue. Sensitivity you mentioned like higher financial support from the company side to the farmer also was looked in to that as an issue where we need to uh, improve. And of course, building the farmer community model is what is our basic approach, which we thought we need to further sustain. Mm -hmm. If you see all these three points, um, some amount of decent progress has happened. We are actually working with the, the provincial government uh, in India, where we call state governments. We are already working with two state governments where we are operating like Andhra Pradesh and Karnataka. Uh, with both the governments, we have uh, having a public-private uh, partnership for integrated agriculture development. This is a program where we have an MOU signed with the, both the governments. Um, where government also funding the the farmer in terms of infrastructure development capability building point of view so that some of the costs uh, which uh, have long uh, initial upfront cost involved higher cost in terms of infrastructure or uh, skill upgradation uh, government funding is also being looked at so that uh, that will be helpful to minimize the overall cost of the value chain. Uh, second thing we are also looking at is um, in terms of uh, evolving a governance system uh, which can be self-sustainable. Uh, that is where we are uh, trying to evolve the concept in collaboration with the government of the provincial governments, uh, what is called FPO, Farmer Producer Organization, which has the legal sanctity of the law of the land, uh, which will help to get uh, loans 
much more uh, easily to the farmers uh, because the risk is spread over a community group of farmers of the FPO. Uh, there is an established uh, system of governance and monitoring. Uh, we are trying to leverage this concept for further uh, strengthening the community approach, asset utilization, as well as asset, asset sharing also. Um, and we are also exploring the possibility of extending the, um, the interventions beyond crop engagement, that is beyond the harvesting to post-harvest, where we can further improve the value capture at the farmer so that the value capture can be shared to the farmer as well as farmer producer organization and uh, partly to the agribusiness organization whichever is involved. So in that way from the cost minimization of the supply chain point of view whatever the issues highlighted in the report uh, are being looked at uh, for uh, better value capture. Uh, if I want, if I have to say in a nutshell, what we are trying to look at is <clears throat> in a dry land agriculture where the focus is on small and marginal farmers, uh, we are looking at um, combining the both the features of um, pro production by masses as well as the mass production. So, can we get the advantages of both approaches under FPO? We are trying to work it. I think that is what the, I think some decent progress happened. Some we could get the benefits, some are in the concept uh, development level. That's where we are. And if you talk about the public private partnership with government, uh, what type of infrastructure costs is the government being? Uh, is the government funding? Is that infrastructure cost at community level or at individual farmer level? It is both community. It is uh, last two years at the individual level. Now, um, as I was mentioning to you, now we are looking at that farmer producer model, which is at the community level. That is the next stage. That is at the uh, concept uh, evolving level now. And, um, such adding value activities, you're supporting farmers with that? Are you training them on post harvest? Or what's the uh, we, are we are training them. We are training them. Training uh, Iris, uh, we also have a program uh, which has been launched recently called as the Sustainable Agriculture Practices Farmer Certification Program. So what we do is we have a set of knowledge partners uh, from different uh, sectors of agriculture, starting from soil to food safety to post-harvest product management. So all the knowledge partners uh, together with ITC, we have created a criteria and we run a program where every year we select uh, farmers, certify them, and then these farmers act as the center of excellence grower in disseminating the best practices to other farmers in their village. So this is one addition which we have also done. And these, uh, these center of excellence growers, um, they are they're sharing their knowledge yes, uh, absolutely. for free to their neighboring farmers or, or they, do they make like a small business out of that? No, as of now, they don't do any business out of it because uh, we want those farmers to disseminate it at a free of cost because it's our objective of developing that particular village. So what we do is we select four or five farmers in a village, train them, give them all the required capabilities, skill set in terms of how to do a, a, a better production system and they disseminate at uh, a free of cost. Okay, okay. Very interesting. And and then they are being certified. So what's, what's sort of the benefit for them to be a center of excellence? See, these farmers basically, one is uh, skill upgradation for themselves. And uh, they are the most progressive farmers who are involved with us.
for any new technology development and deployment they will get the first mover benefit also incidentally when new technology is being introduced uh, the whatever financial support also they will uh, get more than that i think they also get the um, uh, the respect and uh, visibility as the leaders in the in their own community which also will be a motivating factor those are the things to start with maybe over a period of time when we are talking about uh, farm producer organization all that gradually these people can play an important role in the organized structure also it's not that uh, they have to but that will also become a platform for them to further uh, uh, strengthen uh, gain value or benefit from whatever they have uh, invested in terms of skill development as well as training other co-farmers yes i think it makes sense to indeed think through what could be their future role right because i think that um it's interesting to think through whether there will be continuous incentives for these farmers to remain such centers of excellence sorry we i think we the can you we are unable to hear catch that yes no i think it will be uh, helpful to think through what will be the long term incentives for those farmers Yeah, okay. uh, to be centers of excellence, right? So if you indeed, if they can play a role in the farmer organizations, or whether there's any huh. incentive to remain active, I think it makes a lot of sense to think about that. Yeah, we need to evolve that yet because farm producer organization also, as a generic concept, it is uh, not, it is not new. Uh, I'm sure in other parts of the world also the concept is being looked at. but what we are trying to customize the same thing here is to suit our requirement and also how we can deploy it uh, effectively um, taking care of the socio economic and political dynamics of the uh, rural area mm-hmm. okay very clear is, is there any documentation that you could share with us on on those uh, new Uh, elements and new developments that you have gone through sure iris we will uh, share the scheme ha huh. any progress made we will uh, keep you posted perfect you look back at the analysis because it's, it's a while ago uh, did you uh, ever look at the report again or did you look at the at the tool that was was shared so Did you, how did you use it internally if you used it? Oh, Iris, you have to repeat. We didn't hear it. Yes. So my question to you is: uh, When we finished the report with you, what did you do with it internally? And maybe you even did something with it externally. No, externally we have not yet uh, utilized uh, the report. But internally, as uh, Mr. Krishna Kumar mentioned, it also helped us in identifying those few areas where we need to improve. so that's where all the projects which was just explained uh, I, i would not say that it's in 100% outcome of the report but it also gave us uh, some lead in terms of developing and strengthening our model okay very clear um, and moreover the uh, report also vindicated and gave that much confidence to us that uh, in terms of farmer uh, the whatever system we have developed in terms of sustainable farmer profitability and look making it him as a business partner in terms of rather than only a supplier um, the report also gave one more reconfirmation that it is working well and um, the way the report de- depicted entire model also made it much more uh, simple and uh, clear okay so with the report that uh, uh, made it easier for yourself to or it simplified your model yeah uh, let me let me share some of the key insights that we got and uh, now from doing much more cases with you and see whether these resonates with you is that okay yeah, yeah. 
Um, so let me start with um, with uh, what we got, which insights we got on how to improve farmer resilience. Um, so we see that um, that value adding activities sometimes have a larger impact at farmer incomes than productivity increases. So this is dependent per crop and country, but for some service delivery models, value adding activities have a very positive effect at farmer level income. I think that's maybe something you recognize because you started working on value adding activities. Yeah, correct. Any any value addition in any agriculture commodity is a benefit. Uh, so we, we agree with your point. Uh, and then the second point is that we see that um, those models where um, so we uh, we have analyzed a couple of models where farmers are supported not with one single crop, but with a range of crops, both cash and food crops. And we see that this diversification of services um, is leading to more resilient farmers. So those farmers not per se have a higher income, but they are um, they they are less vulnerable for price volatility. Ah, that's that's an, that's really good. I think we are also from when we are looking at in terms of as you rightly said. Uh, though it may not directly whether it increases overall income or not, uh, uh, one is it is minimizing the um, as a risk mitigation mechanism for the price fluctuation. Number one, number two, but what we are also looking at, uh, uh, which we will be working in future, is that um, this portfolio of crops approach. Uh, should result in better asset utilization uh, in turn leading to reduction of the cost of production. Yes, indeed. So it's about price volatility, but also about reducing cost and better use of, of assets. And would you be looking into offering also services for other crops? Because your farmers are also having, I assume, diversified farming systems. Yeah, some, some, you, sorry, we didn't get the question. Uh, are we, are you saying that? Uh, will ITC be offering um, technical support to other crops? Yes. Uh, we, I think yeah, as a concept, we are looking at that. Uh, basically, uh, one more shift, what we are also looking at. Looking from when one crop to look at farm or farmer, so that um, incidentally we can uh, look at the portfolio of crops or chili crop-based farming system. Uh, from that point of view, we are looking at this. We need to still um, evolve the model, but certainly uh, that is we are looking at as a way forward. I think very interesting and I think um, the other partner in India, Pratiba, has done that already quite successfully and they're now setting up um, other business entities for those other crops because they found out that actually because they're in the organic market that actually there's uh, there's money to be earned for, for, for them uh, by working in, in some of the other crops that farmers can produce. Okay. I think uh, the other thing we see is that when there's access to financial services, this really positively influences the farmer net income. I think this is pretty much aligned with your initiative to set up farmer producer organizations to, to allow them to uh, get access to finance. Uh, we, uh, this APO concept, we need to, we have just, uh, we are uh, planning for coming crop, we need to uh, make a progress. It, I can say that it's still in the concept stage, but we are pretty clear about what to do and how to go about it. But uh, once we deploy and uh, see the benefit, we can talk with more confidence and uh, we, can, we need to fine tune the 
model to meet our requirement of the chili farm yes no clear but i think probably it will be good for you to know that models that are working on financial services on average have a higher impact at farmer level than models that don't include access to financial services Um, I think we also got some insights on how to drive down costs, which I would like to share with you. So we see that um, you're still there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we still we see that for a really efficient surf supply, the last mile delivery really matters. So how the services get to the farmer doorstep. So in the models we looked at so far, we see that. Uh, lead farmers and farmer groups have the lowest costs of delivering services. And that um, delivering services directly to individual farmers, also using farmer organizations, uh, the models we looked at so far, seems to be more costly than working with lead farmers and farmer groups. Is that something that you recognize or that resonates with you? Or is um, it different in your case? See, as, though we are looking at uh, from the, um, the individual farmer approach to village approach as one way of minimizing the cost, um, but still it is also a long way to go. Still the cost, um, cost of the last mile connectivity is high. I think that is where we are also looking at uh, leveraging the power of um, digital technology, innovative ICT solutions, where, where we are thinking about uh, can play an important role. Yes, and I think um, that's very much aligned with the other thing we see is that those models that use ICT solutions for their uh, service delivery um have lower costs yeah and um you know, we see it as sort of a, a top on on the package so um for example and, and digital green i think are the best examples uh so both in india probably not by accident but uh, both examples where ict solutions are really used to drive down costs so um Economical knowledge is being provided through either videos or through SMS, uh, but through means that are far lower costs than uh, using uh, physical uh, field officers. Uh, but here also, our past experience uh, in the uh, ICT solution as well is, uh, one is, of course, connectivity. Connectivity is being improved now across Indian villages. Uh, but however, one more issue is how to customize the solution and how we can make it more, if not real time, but it should be more uh, crop specific, uh, more um, farmer, uh, specific crop advisory, how we will make it to happen um, with, though we can uh, overcome the physical reach issue, but still uh, customizing to the farmer and uh, that season crop needs from a generic solution is still a challenge. That is where we are uh, looking at. Can we work on the crop images? Uh, how to capture the crop images? How to standardize the crop images? And how to transmit and uh, again communicate back uh, solutions based on the current crop? Uh, because current crop uh, is a reflection of any image of the current crop is a reflection of the combined impact of the um, package of practices, the inputs, as well as the climate, 
and soil conditions for that season which is more important and uh, the solution given based on these uh, um, uh, season data will only will only will have more adopt uh, more rate of adoption by the farmer as well as better impact otherwise generally um, we can talk about uh, introduction of new technologies and uh, method of doing uh, which will be to some extent will be useful for new innovations but how to deal day to day problems and uh, give more uh, customized crop advisory is still a challenge which we are looking at we are facing so i think uh, one of your colleagues participated in our last call on ict solutions and i need to share contact details of the Grameen foundation because they have been working on what they call the farmer development um, plan app, which actually brings this individual customized solution. So this yeah. is like a, a planning app that is used at individual level. It looks at the whole farming system and uh, with, uh, with a, an advisor, so that is a physical person, and they're looking with the farmer into what makes sense for their farming system based on previous performance and based on the household needs. So also looking in detail at the cash flow requirements of the household to determine what makes sense for farmers to invest and where not to invest. Sure, sure. I guess. We have that report as well. Uh, Manish from our team attended that. Yes. Indeed, but I, I owe him the contact persons uh, or contact details of uh, of Grameen, which I I, uh, I didn't do yet, but I will follow up on that. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Um, I think one of the other things we see is that um, with those partners uh, that tailor their services based on farmer profiles, and those partners that use um, both. Uh, financial as non-financial incentive systems, these partners are more cost efficient compared to partners that are not tailoring services to different farmer segments or farmer profiles. Is that something you, you recognize or something that you're already implementing yourself? you need to I think we come again <laughs> yes no problem so um, the other thing that we see is that a uh, uh, models that are more cost efficient, they are tailoring their services based on specific farmer profiles and they're using financial and non-financial incentive structures um, to, um, to have more impact at farmer level. Uh, is that something that you're using as well? So are you tailoring your, your service packages based on different farmer profiles? Uh, you uh, um, just to um, comprehend what we are understanding is from your question um, are we working with customized solution in terms of individual or cluster of farmers based on specific needs is that what you are saying yes that's my question yeah uh, we Actually, we are trying to, um, that will be a way forward from our side also. Uh, based on the available data in terms of the historical trends in terms of quality variations, for example, in terms of his uh, um, CPA residue, um, past, past percentages, are aflatoxin other quality related issues and type of package of practices adopted by farmers and different types of soils and climatic conditions and varieties so and so forth so we are seeing that can we look at clustering these farmers and see that uh, can the advisory be much more specific um, that being certainly a case but in long term uh, in our opinion, especially when we are looking at pesticide um, residues and aflatoxins as one of the major key focus areas 
from chilli point of view crop life um, the overall community approach is a must if we need to achieve the sustainable uh, quality standards individually though we may for correcting a defect or a deviation though we may start with individual farmer but once the uh, advisory is given um, slowly from a individual level to a community a level approach some sort of uh, bringing some sort of uh, harmonization between the various farmers requirement and uh, crop production uh, methods is essential so that it has an impact on uh, right implementation of the ipm principles as well as bringing it more uh, uniformity in the end product so that uh, there is a less um, uh, money spent in terms of again uh, bringing down the variations uh, between the farmer to farmer at the factory yeah so you're not clustering individual farmers but with your community approach you're looking for harmonization between farmers to uh, to increase the overall level of production of in the community correct because in uh, our case the most of the land holdings are uh, less than 1 acre or 2 acres so in mm -hmm. that way we really has to go at farmer level customization um, maybe for initial period for correcting a, any specific anomaly we can look at that but otherwise it will be prohibitively expensive to continue the model yes understood understood yeah <clears throat> so since we are looking at uh, 30 models we created a benchmarking database so for each model we have around 80 key performance indicators and uh, 50 different uh, characteristics and what we created out of that is what we call uh, search delivery model archetypes so we have you could say we defined four different types of search delivery models um, and I'd like to explain to you these four different types and where we think you fit in um, sorry can you please uh, repeat this please yes of course so, uh, because we have a benchmarking database, we are able to define different service delivery model archetypes, different typologies for service delivery models. And I'd like to explain to you what are those, diff those four types and explain where we think you fit in. Um, so, uh, in our view, they're, they're, uh, the first of the four archetypes is our global sourcing models where the purpose of the model is to secure supply and it's uh, mostly commercially focused. Uh, these are run by larger companies, uh, traders, processors. Um, they can have quite some skill and um, they need uh, innovative funding and support for initial setup costs. The second type that we defined are the service-focused service delivery models. These are led by specialized service providers um, with the purpose to improve uh, value chains. These service-focused service delivery models are not sourcing uh, the produce from farmers. Um, they use more technology, they're more data-driven, and um, they need some uh, support for their initial investments. Our third typology are farmer-led models so these are led by farmers themselves um, they their purpose is to improve the farmer situation and to have a sustainable business model they're much smaller in scale and uh, they require smaller but more uh, high impact funding the fourth typology is uh, models that are led by local traders and processors those are also primarily uh, commercially focused on increasing um, and making their sourcing more efficient. They're smaller in scale. In scale. Um, so far, it seems that these are the models that have lowest costs per farmer, and uh, they need especially external support to increase their skill. So these are the sort of uh, archetypes that we have defined, and we think that you're fitting in the global sourcing type of, of service models. 
yeah it is we agree to that point uh, we think we suit to the global sourcing model yes so so what we will do is we will produce a new re, uh, overall insights report as we did um, in september last year and we would like to highlight some of the best practices um, for different aspects of service delivery models. Um, I am sure that we also want to highlight your case as an example for different aspects. Um, we will uh, get back to you with those sections where we are referencing your model and check with you uh, so you can review it before it's being included in the the final version of the report. Sure. And we will get back to you in the last two weeks of uh, July, and uh, Julia will get in touch with you on, on that, um, because we want to make sure that you approve what we will include uh, about you. That's nice. <laughs> and and then, uh, then we're planning to organize an event, uh, which will be hosted here in, uh, in Amsterdam, um, we uh, we don't have the exact date yet, but it will be either end of September or mid October. Um, and for this event, we are planning to or to um, invite all the partners with whom we have done service delivery models so far, but also a number of important financial institutions, important number of uh, important donor organizations, and uh, other knowledge providers. And this event will be a one and a half day. Uh, one day will be a more broader event where we will share all the key insights that we got out of these analysis. And on the second day, we want to go more in depth in discussing, okay, what are really key areas where we can work together and key areas for innovation uh, to work on in this new innovation uh, platform. Um, would do, do you think that there would be any chance, of course, I'm aware that we don't have the exact date yet, but would there be any interest from you and possibility from you to uh, attend such an event? Uh, I think we will, um, in principle, I think we would like to attend. But once you firm up the dates, depending on uh, our um, business engagements, we can confirm you. If you would be able to join us, uh, uh, what would make what would it make a success for you? Because it's quite a long travel from India. So if you would come over, uh, what would you look for to get out of the, of such an event? So, sorry, we missed. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, so if you're if you would be able to join the event, yeah. When would this be a success for you? So what do you, would you like to get out of the event? Uh, our expectations you are saying yeah uh, see what we only feel is uh, now before the meeting itself anyway now you are um, consolidating the um, various uh, service delivery models you have seen um, beyond that in our opinion anyway be with our relations with the Indian farmer more than 100 years old Certainly, we will be we will be interested in participating in any issue uh, in the forum on sustainability and uh, service new innovations and service model. And we have expertise beyond uh, spices in terms of some of our um, other um, groups are working on food grains, marine products, processed food. So, so yeah, like that, there are different crops. There are uh, ITC, other groups, our um, uh, group members are involved in various um, backward integration models of different levels of intensity. So I'm sure uh, we will be, we'll be, we'll be uh, definitely can add value in terms of uh, overall um, sustainable livelihood development, sustainable crop production systems, and natural resource management so and so forth so i am sure we can do and we feel that um as you rightly saying that first day can be the explaining so far what we have achieved and uh, some sort of interaction some paper presentations or panel discussions or 
learning sessions we can i think you i'm sure you can look at various options possible where uh, different models can be explained which are important that can be looked at and um, our opinion is we also maybe we should not restrict ourselves to what the models we have um, looked at so far if any of the members can bring on to the table any other models are learning from in their respective countries uh, which is beyond the scope also any if we can identify any good practices and systems and uh, methods of monitoring uh, which also i think can be looked into that so that uh, our learning can be richer and the uh, various models we are looking at can be made much more uh, robust and um, involving more and more buyers in this will certainly uh, will give the required desire uh, required uh, thrust and uh, momentum to the entire program because ultimately the buyer should recognize the importance of uh, these activities and um, sustainability initially you have some additional cost that's where the buyer saying that he he values these type of intervention will definitely make the program to go uh, the scope as well as the pace of the program can in, improve so in that way inviting some of the key um, players in the industry will be certainly helpful i think that's very that's a very relevant remark so i think um it will be very interesting to, to bring in indeed some of the key buyers. I think some of them are already on our list, but I think it would be helpful to, for us to understand from you maybe what would be the two or three key buyers that you would like to have in the room. Because I think uh, for buyers, it's also very interesting to see what's happening in this place and also how much investments are going into these models. So I think it would be a very good um, platform um, to raise their awareness but maybe also to increase their investment appetite to actually invest in these service delivery models. Uh, similarly, I think buyers and the policy makers also, whatever, whomever you think relevant can also ultimately the industry also what matters is one is the con consumer requirement. Second thing is the law of the land. So the buyer it plays has an impact. Similarly, the policymaker also has a lot of impact on how the course of events unfold. So in these two, whoever stakeholders you think it's uh, have impact, I think if their participation you can mobilize, that will give that much more uh, weight to the whole program. Yes, and I think policymakers are the other category that we're looking into. I think it will be very helpful uh, to have policy makers around the table because some of the issues you're not able to solve uh, as an individual company but needs to be arranged more at uh, the enabling environment level. So okay. we're definitely planning to invite some of the policy makers from some countries in Africa, but since also since we're doing organizing this together with the Gates Foundation and since India um, is one of their focus countries, I think it makes a lot of sense to also look into uh, what would be key uh, policy makers to invite for the invest. Fine. So, uh, we will get back to you with uh, if you have recommendations of persons um, or organizations that would be uh, at policy level that would be very helpful to have around the table when we will have this type of discussion. I'm, I'm sure if we have anything we'll suggest, but basically our view is again, um, the policy makers who matters from the end user point of view. Again, the buyer is important and the, for, but for the buyer who is important is though he is not directly dealing with us he he makes a lot of difference ultimately it's um, it, it, it's the consumption side whoever is making the policy which has an impact on see we uh, recently we are also seeing a lot of uh, changes happening in terms of pharmaceutical industry the way it is done all that 
so ultimately the policy maker is also driving the way things has to happen mm -hmm. so from that point of view you are looking at more than in the okay some are in the producing countries but actually the real traction comes based on what ultimate consumer or consuming uh, country the policy and the buyer uh, feels what is required i think they matters much greater impact they will have much greater impact on this Yes, understood. Understood. Let, let, let us have. I also discussed this with my colleagues of the fresh ingredients team on yeah. uh, on what they think makes most sense. But I think your your point is 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 taken. Um, I think uh, it's clear what if you're able to join what you would like to get out of the uh, event. We will follow up with you uh, with a short summary of, of this conversation and uh, some of the follow up action items like your input on, on two or three key buyers and uh, the planning for the report when we get back to you, when we are referencing your model in this uh, new overall report. Sure. Okay. Thank you. Yes, no, thank you so much for your time. I think it's really uh, exciting to hear what type of follow-up you did after we worked together on analyzing the model. And I truly believe that you have a lot to bring uh, but hopefully also a lot to gain from from the other partners so i hope that you will be able to join us in the at your event um uh, and uh, end of september or, or mid-october uh, mostly we'll be definitely we will be willing to join in we would like to join unless something uh, really clash with the num dates so um, once the dates are firmed up we can confirm our participation perfect Okay, then thank you so much. Have a really nice uh, evening and we will be in touch. Yeah, thank you so much for your time and uh, very useful conversation. Thank you, Aras. Yeah, thank you to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.